We are. We are. I think that's what you said. They're going to show you how this is done. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so right there, there's my co-conspirator, Money Nathan. We're back. His beard looks great. His hair looks great. The ba- Yeah, he's got the background of Bigfoot background. I love I it. I want to have that every time I do a Bigfoot show now. I just love it. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. Can I get an amen? Can't beat it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, also uh, with us this evening is uh, our researcher, uh, the soul of the show, a study of UAPs, the host of Deb's Data Dojo. And I'll tell you what, if you're interesting and you're out there, Deb's coming after you. Put your hands together. What's up, Deb? Hi. I was just thinking I might need to change my avatar, add some hair mm. for Bigfoot stories. <laughs> I, I hear you, man. Get the Bigfoot thing on. Uh, we have with us the host of Bigfoot Crossroads, a new cabbie, the Bigfoot correspondent. He has many titles. We might call him the prodigal son-in-law of cab, uh, <laughs> Mr. Matt Knapp. <laughs> the son-in-law. <laughs> right. Son outlaw. What's up, Matt? Uh, I've been called things that started with son before, but it <laughs> did not end with in-law. <laughs> Your sense of humor, man. It's just... Nathan, he's got a very similar sense of humor. Yes, to you. I know. I love Just it, man. Kiss. You guys are love brothers it. from other moms. <laughs> uh, all right. So check this out, Nathan. Mm-hmm. Look what's going down there on the bottom of the screen tonight. A lot of activity. I like it. Let me tell you what's happening, man. These girls from Minnesota slash North Dakota, my homegirl, Jenna, crawled up in the crib. Yo, Bigfoot, where you at, Holmes? I'm in your crib, man. I'm finna lay down in the rack. Where you at? Come get it. All right? That's how fearless this girl is. So party people, put those hands together for the she-squatchers, Jen, Jenna, and Tammy. Can I get an amen for the she-squatchers? Yes, <laughs> man, Jenna, you some kind of badass girl, man. You were up in, you're up in the crib, man, where they lay down. That's right. That's right. Come on, Bigfoot, where you at, girlfriend? I'm in the crib. Well, at the time, I tell you what, I wasn't, I wasn't very nervous, but now that I look back at pictures, I kind of think, what the you heck crazy. are they doing? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking when I looked up. <laughs> when I saw the photos, I was like, Nathan, you're like looking around. You're like, man, I hope they're not coming back, man. Because I'm doing this little uh, this photo op right here, you know, checking out the bed, seeing how. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, I'm, we're out, man. We're going back to the car, man. This is good enough for one expedition. Right. No, it, it wasn't like a, good enough for Is it like a sort of sleeper, though? Or is it like a, a, a sleep number bed? What kind of bed is <laughs> 
you know, honestly, I would have to actually test a bunch of those to actually mm-hmm. tell you the a good answer. But it it felt nice. I could have fallen asleep right on that. I love that. Right it on the ground. Like, it felt like a memory foam that had really nice Ooh. softness to it. There oh, there you go. go. See, there you go, Jen. I mean, you got guys like Matt Knapp that are buying the purple mattress with this sort of cellular technology. Meanwhile, Bigfoot's out there just winding up some branches, and this shit feels great, man. Well, there were no branches. No, no. no. What no was it? Was it on the bottom? It was. It was the dirt was worked up really yeah. deep, and it, so it was like super, super soft. Uh-huh. And I actually uh, showed it to my neighbor at my office, and. Uh, I, I told him how soft it was. It was just incredible. It was way different than the than the soil outside of it. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Well, Jen, and he he taught uh, survival in uh, in the army. He's like Jen in Minnesota. You have to work up the ground about seven eight inches down, mm-hmm. or if you sleep on it in the cooler months, it's going to pull the heat right out of you and you'll die before right. you wake up. That's mm-hmm. right. You got to have that that the air barrier." underneath you that you can warm that air and it'll sort of keep you warm and not transfer that heat. Yeah. Mm. And that had been done there. Incredible. I mean, look, he's got a career, I think in mattress sales, if he needs (laughs) (laughs) Let's go check this dude out, man. What's up, man? Anyway. All right. Let me pass this off to my man, uh, money, Nathan. I know, I tell you what, I I know I want to go directly into the, the first encounter to the remote viewing, but Nathan got to go where Nathan got to go. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, look, we in a, in a world of he squatchers. There's a lot of he squatchers out there. Uh, we've got the she squatchers, and I love that. Love the name. It's so great to have you guys with us. Uh, can you give us a short like intro? Like, how did you guys get together? Like, uh, you know, how did you decide to do this as a team? I mean, this is a it's a big effort to do investigations. Period. But when you're trying to coordinate schedules and go out and do es- expedition things, how does that work for y'all? Definitely, it's interesting trying to coordinate everything. But uh, I, I, I'm a psychic medium. We all are. And uh, prior to doing Bigfoot, I was doing paranormal work and missing persons cases. Hmm. And uh, I had a paranormal radio show. And I, I happened to uh, score an in-person sit-down interview with Lauren Coleman, the cryptozoologist who has the International Cryptozoology Museum in the state of Maine. Go check it out. Hmm. Um, and... I I had this interview with him and I admittedly didn't know hardly anything about Bigfoot. I'd maybe watched a handful of episodes on finding Bigfoot while I was playing on my phone. Uh, (laughs) So I, I really didn't know much. I didn't believe in Bigfoot. I hadn't really thought about whether or not Bigfoot was real. I just assumed it was not. Mm. And so when I interviewed him, he spent that hour telling me all about Bigfoot and that Bigfoot was in my home state of Minnesota. He assured me that he was and encouraged me to go out with some ladies because he felt that sending women into the woods without men, dogs, or guns would be the recipe for success in interacting and getting closer to Bigfoot. He thought they would be more interested in getting a little closer to check out some ladies in the woods Mm -hmm. so you know i jokingly said hey there big boy pick me pick me i I was joking but by the end of the show i honestly volunteered i said all right i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it i will find some ladies and go out into the woods in minnesota and check this out now on top of his idea of sending women into the woods without men dogs or guns you know, I'm like, well, hey, we're psychic. I'm psychic. Might as well use that as our advantage because I'm not the 
uh, stamina girl in the woods. I'm not going to go walking 10 miles. <laughs> I My goal is to find them before we get there and get out mm -hmm. of the car and park as close as we can get and get there quick. Um, surprise, we're here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and most people, when they're walking through the forest, they're, they're not looking for Bigfoot. They're just hiking or whatever they're doing. And if you are getting out of the car, parking really close as you can get to it, and you can park close, um, there are ones that are close to the roads, or what I would consider driving on anyway. It's not really a road. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you can fit your car vehicle on it, but yeah, I got it. Barely. Yeah, there are Barely. videos on our YouTube channel of, of the video of us driving on these not road roads. The 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 trees are scraping up against the yes. car. And, mm. Yeah, I have a very rusty vehicle now. Thank you. Um, <laughs> minimum maintenance road. It, it wasn't it's even a minimum, minimum maintenance, maintenance road. road. It's not even minimum maintenance. It's was not it, marked at all. Was it, so it wasn't even a road, road, right? Huh? It was, it was trails that were made by local natives on the reservation to go get down, down trees for firewood. Hmm. So they were homemade trails, basically, through the woods. And there is Sugar Bush Camp back there, for those who are familiar with what that is, where uh, they they actually set up camp in the woods and tap all the maple trees and start making maple syrup in the, in the woods. Mm -hmm. Nice. Mm -hmm. There we go. Yeah. Hey, hey yeah. Jen, is this the one where, where a couple of those girls are like, when they started getting closer, like, I don't want to see Bigfoot anymore. And they're like, Roll, okay. And then well, these no, girls no, did... No, is that, that wasn't that was the first time. Okay. Uh, the minimum, the not minimum maintenance road, the mm -hmm. non-road road. That was Jenna and I. Okay. Um, and uh, we were on my reservation. I'm a enrolled tribal member at the Red Lake Band of Chippewa Indians in northern Minnesota, and it is a closed, closed reservation. So you can't just go there and get out of your car and go in the woods without a tribal member with you. So it, it's kind of the forbidden land. Sorry. Oh, you do that so well. <laughs> he pays me a lot for this, so. It's true. Yeah. Anyway, so in 2015 was the interview with Lauren and inspired me to go out and give it a try. The ladies that I chose were paranormal investigators. I figured they had night vision cameras. And so we'd need that to see in the woods. Didn't know that those cameras wouldn't light up the woods like they did haunted houses. That was a something we found out when we were, got there in the moment and mm. we were getting surrounded and we couldn't see what it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, and, and those ladies, for the most part, were terrified that first experience. We had rocks being thrown at us. We were in the woods um, by a lake, but it was thick, thick woods. And the, the road, also on a reservation, the next reservation over, uh, is called Reservation Highway 20. And let me just tell you, it's a one-car road. One. If you meet somebody, somebody needs to back up. And it isn't me, because I don't do that very well. And <laughs> yeah, she does Just being honest, parallel parking also not in my forte. So... <laughs> Um, <laughs> so, so we were on this little road and we were parked in there and, and, you know, we drove through there around this, this whole lake in the daytime. And, um, I'm also an energy worker. That's my business. Uh, and I can feel energy as a physical sensation. It's not just, Hey, you give me good vibes. It's literally my body's vibrating hmm. and <laughs> it's a physical sensation and, and everything has its own energy frequency that it vibrates at. So when we were doing this, I said, I want to tune into the energy frequency of Bigfoot, whatever that is. 
whatever that is. That's what I asked to be tuned into. And so we'd stop along the way and we'd get out and look and we'd look to see if there were footprints anywhere and in any interesting spots. And we stopped at this one spot that I had this energy sensation that I had never felt before. And we looked around, didn't see anything that would lead us to believe that Bigfoot was there. But because that energy sensation was so prominent there, I dropped a GPS pin on it. And I said, we're coming back here tonight. Um, and, and we kept looking throughout the day. We did find some footprints at the top of the lake, on Six Mile Lake uh, in Minnesota. There's a, at the very top, there's a little hand, little tiny bridge with gravel on it that crosses where the waterway comes in. And uh, there were actually some footprints in the gravel where it had crossed the bridge when it was wet and then it dried. They weren't like indented down. It wasn't like a deep gravel situation. You you could barely see them, but when you walked and looked, turned and looked, you could see them clearly. And hmm. me being the tallest girl there, five foot nine, I started to see, can I match this stride? So I took a running and I'm leaping. No way did I even come close. Wow. <laughs> So anyway, we go back at night when it's dark and it's so dark, you can't see anything. We turned off the lights on the car, you know, parked the car in the middle of the road because there's nowhere else to put it. Get out of the car and one of the girls hands me a thermal camera that she borrowed from somebody. She didn't even really know how to use it. All she knew is you pull the trigger and it takes a picture. Had a tiny little two inch screen on it. Hmm. Very cheap little FLIR. <laughs> camera so <laughs> she hands it to me i'm excited to have a fleer in my hand i've never played with a thermal before so i'm scanning the woods hoping to see anything a bunny a deer a raccoon a fa- anything i just want to see something and i'm i'm scanning 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 and then I, I get out and i'm scanning out in front of the car now everybody else all the other ladies that were with me went to the back hatch to get their stuff i had mine on me so i'm just playing scan out in front of the car and there's somebody standing out there on the left side like just outside the trees and we are in the middle of nowhere it's the middle of the week it's not even the weekend nobody knows that we're there right um and and so I'm just like yeah I just don't know like I thought it was somebody on the team I thought that was one of the girls standing out there because you know thermal you can't really tell who it is and I was like, hey, who's out in front of the car? And nobody said anything. And I said, who's in front of the car? And nobody <laughs> said anything. I'm like, hey, who's in front of the car? And, you know, I was getting nervous because nobody's <laughs> saying anything. And all of a sudden, Marlo, she, she heard that I was feeling nervous. And she comes running up and she looks at the screen that I'm looking at. And she sees what I'm seeing there. And she looked up from there and she, she gasped and she said, oh, I just saw eyes. And so I'm like, really? So I like dropped the camera and I looked directly at it to see if I could see eyes and I didn't. And then I put the camera back up and couldn't find it again. It was gone. So it stepped into into the trees. And so then what do we do? We decide, hey, let's go over there and walk in the woods. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, let's let's go after it. Yeah, yeah. let's go after it. So we go, three of us, Marlo and I, and I can't remember who the third, maybe it was Kimberly, but uh, we walked over. And, uh, and started walking in there and we hear something. And we, so we stop, we're like, what is that? And we hear something coming through the branches and here it's something drops on the ground, like three feet in front of us and bounces. And I look at it and I'm like, is that a rock? 
And Marla's like, I think that is a rock. And I'm just like dumbfounded. And then we hear something else coming through the branches and it bounces. Another rock bounces right next to it. And then another one. And I was like, what's going on? And now granted, I'm telling you, I didn't know anything about Bigfoot. I didn't know that they were known for throwing rocks at people. So I'm just like, what is going on? What's throwing rocks at us? And <laughs> and they it was it had very good aim. It obviously wasn't trying to hit us. Yeah. It was very much a warning, don't walk this way is how I felt. So I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling like they don't want us to walk this way. So let's back up. So we backed back up onto the road. And so we're standing there going, now what do we do? And one of the girls says, hey, why don't we do a Bigfoot call like they do on TV? And I'm like, great, go ahead. And so she does a whoop, you know, like she did. And she, she, she tried really hard. And so here we are all with our cameras facing out, thinking we're going to hear something coming from the left side of the road where that Bigfoot had disappeared, where the rocks were coming from. Um, and instead, we're hearing some movement from the right side of mm. the road in mm. the woods. And something is walking. Something large is walking. It has two feet and it stomps, stomps big sticks are cracking and snapping as it's walking and we're we all turned and pointed our cameras that way couldn't see a thing those cameras don't light up the woods like they do haunted houses um what a waste of time <laughs> we're like okay, can you see it i can't see anything can you see it and it, i mean it didn't penetrate the woods and so we're all pointing the cameras at the sound that we're hearing and then all of a sudden that sound of something walking towards us multiplied and now there's something walking towards us from different directions and so then we circled up back to back, facing out, which we didn't plan. We just automatically did that. I think it's survival something instinct. And uh, and then uh, we were trying to see whatever was coming and we couldn't see it. And the girls were getting really, really scared, which I understand. And I'm like, stop being scared. And uh, so then one of the girls said, Jen, Jen, do your tobacco thing. And what she meant was do your native prayer. And so mm. she's seen me do it before, put uh, tobacco in my left hand, and I started to speak out loud in, Ojib in the Ojibwe language. I did a very formal introduction of myself and my wa'a and where I come from, and I started listing my ancestors, uh, which is a very old protocol greeting where you just keep naming people till they know who you are. Wow. And, <laughs> and, um, and then as, as soon as I said, so I said miigwech, uh, which is thank you to the, the nature spirits, basically. Um, and then I said, which is thank you to Bigfoot. And as soon as I said that, thank you to Bigfoot in the Ojibwe language, all the sound and the movement stopped all at once. It just wow. was silent. It didn't retreat. It didn't come further. It just was silent. And I'm like, yes. And... <laughs> <laughs> I was excited because the elders from um, one of the reservations told me that you could pray to Bigfoot for help and they will help you. And so I was, and I, I honor and cherish everything that they share with me, but I'm very rational thinking person at the same time. I really need to see it. I really need to have that experience to really fully grasp it and understand what they're talking about. So I, I cherish everything they tell me, but I need to have that experience. And so this was me having that experience because it reacted to me thanking them by stopping. <laughs> Nathan, I, I ought to try this. I go, hey, my father was Donnie from Brooklyn. My grandfather's Johnny from Manhattan. Mm -hmm. You know, and then, oh, wait, they're yeah. still coming. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and now, now you can say, "Hey, I know the she squatches." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, I know the she squatches, Jen, Jenner, and uh, Tammy over there. Leave me Same. alone, all right? Anyway, all right. Let me get let me get, let me get Debs and Matt in here. Uh, Debs, uh, okay. Remote viewed their way to this location. Use a little tobacco ceremony. What are you thinking, Debs? Actually, I'm fascinated by the the gifts that you all bring to this research. Um, I was yeah. looking at the bios on your website, um, sheeswashers.com, and I was really interested in you know the fact that there were NDE experiences. Um, you know, there's spiritual psychic medium experiences. I I would love to know more about the geographic remote viewing that you guys are doing. I want to know more about like, cause I really do believe everything is a crossover. I've, I, I want to know why you also ended up going for Bigfoot with all of those gifts too, but I'd more so like to know about your personal gifts. Thank you. Those gifts were something I was using to look for missing persons and, and helping paranormal teams look at, I'd look at a space before they went there and I'd tell them what happened there, what was happening there what I sensed and what was the problem and what they could do to remedy it. Or I would just interact with the spirits remotely as well. So, but doing missing persons cases, although I helped find some people, they were always dead and it was very sad. And I don't like connecting with dead energy. Um, and, you know, when I was younger, it was better. I didn't feel the drain on my own life energy, but now I feel the drain. And, uh, and I was told by a, a really, really, amazing psychic years ago that if you work with dead energy it's going to kill you early it will it's zapping your energy and I didn't believe that I I disagreed I said I don't agree with that at all I I don't feel a drain at all I feel great and she goes that's because you're still young and she assured me that it was true that all of her psychic friends were dead and she was the only one left um and uh, it wasn't until I ha started having diabetes that I started to feel the drain. And and uh, so I don't really like working with dead energy so much anymore. I mean, I will do it on occasion, but I have to be feeling good. Um, if I have a cold or the flu or something like that, or if I'm super, super tired, I'm not going to do it. This was an issue during my dating life. A lot of girls would say, DJ, you have a lot of dead energy. I'm like, what do you mean? I don't get it. Anyway, Jenna... Uh, to Deb's question to you and then Tammy. Boy, um, basically, I think she was just asking what our gifts are or, yes. okay. Well, you know, as a young girl, I, I used to gravitate toward healing immediately. I mean, if my aunt would have problems with her hands, I was young and I would just be, um, I just felt the need to heal them. So I put my hands on her and every time she'd say, how do you do that? Not you didn't know. And when you have gifts like that, you don't know who to talk to. So for the longest time, I was dealing with all that myself. And I had to create my own kind of resources and, and learn for myself. And uh, so, yeah. That's Boy, an I, amazing talent. Yeah. You, well, in, oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Go on. No, ma'am. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, I call myself a jack of all trades and I don't, I don't like the word psychic. I, I say I'm a receiver of information because that's what I am, whether it's prophecy, giving someone uh, a message from someone who's passed in their life or help crossing people over, you know, it all comes as it's needed and it's always to help others. So beautiful. I, yeah, That's so nice. 
Very kind. Julie in the chat is another healer and remote viewer. So she's got, she practices a lot of the same modalities you do. She actually healed me one time uh, when I, <laughs> when my leg was hurting really bad. Tammy, tell us about your gifts other than a beautiful head of hair that you have going on there. Um, that's because I'm a Leo. Thank you. <laughs> Woo! Anyway, um, yes, <laughs> for me, I've had paranormal experiences since I was young. Like I, my first major one was when I was four years old. So I've been surrounded by entities my entire life. Um, I see them all. I don't see all the spirits all the time, but I see both light and dark and human and non-human and all the things. So, um, and I have experience with all of them. Um, I'm also, um, a healer, but I'm also medical intuitive. I can scan someone's body and tell them which areas they should probably have looked at by the doctor. I don't like to diagnose people. Sometimes spirit will talk through me and say words that I don't understand. So I will tell them. And then they're like, oh yeah, well, that means this. And that means that, you know, and I've had them have me tell people, you know, you've got, you've got cancer. You need to go get that checked out. But it was like a big wow. long word. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. So <laughs> that was just their way of making sure that I told them. Um, but I can also talk to animals. Um, I'm not like Dr. Doolittle, but I can communicate with animals. They understand when I speak to them and I help have helped more than one stuck animal bird, whatever that's stuck in a building or something, help them get out and just, you know, let me pick you up. I won't hurt you kind of thing. Uh, and I used to do uh, live readings. I used to do tarot readings, um, live readings on the phone, online. I did that for a long time. But what I found from that is people don't want the truth. People want you to tell them what they want to hear. And right. when you don't tell them what they want to hear, then they get mad. So, yeah, I just, I, oh. that became too much for me. And I was like, nah. So now I stick with, you know, I can see auras and we do the remote viewing and, you know, we all use our gifts together and that makes us a much stronger presence as a group. Wonder Twin Powers, activate. Let me say <laughs> one thing I was going to ask you, and this is just off the cuff. I'm going to pass it over to Matt next. But um, I watched that series. I don't know if it was Netflix, 28 Days Haunted, where these uh, various women and men mediums went into a house using the... Um, uh, the Warren theory of, you know, you spend 28 days, maybe you can uh, convince the spirit to leave, etc. And there was one woman there when they asked her to connect with the spirit through the mirror. Do you know what that's called? Because she's like, hell no, I'm not doing that. Have you ever guys ever heard of that? A like, portal? And, yes, this is the mirror. <laughs> but there's a, it's some sort of a, a, a technique that, and, uh, but yeah, a, this, they said that it's a portal, but do you know what that technique is called? Or does that, that one not resonate with you? No, mm -hmm. it, it sounds scary. She's like, hell no, I'm not doing it. I will do it with a candle, but I will not, I don't do mirrors. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not opening up that portal of the mirror, but anyway, yeah, it's, it's a good series. Mirrors man. are already portals. Yeah. yeah. Mirrors are already portals. So it just takes just a little bit of attention to them for them to be like, Oh, she sees us. Let's go. You know? Yeah. I'm like, no, we're good, man. We're good. <laughs> Matt Knapp. What up? I don't know what the technique's called, but the apparatus is called a phantasmagoria. Really? Yes. Just a little bit of worthless knowledge for you. Because you've done some <laughs> paranormal as well, right? I've dabbled. I've dabbled. Uh, okay. Just dealing with it in a life basis, not really 
seeking it out, but just being around it all the time. Nathan, we're so deficient. We have none. You. you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, only normal. That's what I have. <laughs> yeah. Nathan, don't be alarmed. <laughs> but there's a Sasquatch right behind you. Oh, no. Run. <laughs> Go ahead, Matt. <laughs> Ladies. More people from the actual Bigfoot world. Wow. <laughs> this is odd for me. Uh so many questions um i guess i'll start with just as a group what's your objective with all of this what what is your goal if you could have the best possible outcome to your group what would it be i think we just have questions that we want answers for and i i've been telling the girls since since we came together to do this together as a group that we need to not be so concerned about what other people think we can go out there and look for our the answers that we want to find, and we can share what we find, but that's where it kind of ends. People are either going to believe in it or not. You know, they're either going to believe in our gifts or they're not. And I always say, you don't have to believe in remote viewing. You don't have to believe in psychics. You don't have to believe in any of that. Just when I tell you there's something there on the GPS coordinate, and then we go there, and there's something there, hey, <laughs> that should tell you something, that that works. And I'm going to tell you right now, the first time that I remote viewed, geographic remote viewed a location, which is I literally do with Google Maps, satellite imagery, I'm looking at locations and I'm asking questions and I'm receiving answers. And I've, I've always been attracted to looking at things from the air. So this is something I've done since I was a little girl, but I used to do it with maps and atlases, okay? But now I do it with satellite imagery and I can literally knock down a location with a GPS coordinate. So um, it's working really well. So I was looking at an area that we were going to go check out uh, and I saw a Bigfoot on the remote view, a very large, angry looking male. And I was like, oh, he's scary. Um, and, and it was showing me his territory. And then I saw a, like a little path that like went by in the woods and I'm like is that a road it's not marked as a road um I wonder if I could drive on that <laughs> um and then on the other side of that about within 100 feet I saw something that lit up when I asked for Bigfoot evidence that we collect co could collect it lit up for me this whole huge area and I didn't know what was there but it kept lighting up that in response to that question so I dropped a pin on it and I said we're going there well, it wasn't until we got there and uh, we had Nikki driving the car so that I could have my awareness open while she was driving because I don't drive a vehicle and open my psychic awareness fully. That's just not a safe thing to do because uh, you're not really fully paying attention to the driving. Um, and so she was driving and uh, I had this stuff ready to go. And because my whole my, my whole theory on this was park the car, get out and run towards it. <laughs> Okay, that was my theory. That was what I wanted to do. And Jenna gets out of the car. She's not ready. And I said, okay, girls, if we get out of the car here to the right, within 100 feet, we're, we're hitting that aggressive male's territory. So we probably shouldn't go that way. If we go to the left right from here, um, within 100 feet, we're going to find that area with the Bigfoot evidence. I'm not sure what it is, but it's definitely big. It's something, something is there. And so we get out of the car. I'm ready. Stuff is in hand. Jenna's like, I'm getting her stuff. 
I have to say there wasn't that much discussion about getting ready and being ready at the time. She did mention it, but boy, she's going into a lot of detail now that she supposedly <laughs> told me. <laughs> but um, yes, I was not ready. I will take that. And so Continue. when I got out of the car, I just started looking to the right, just just looking to see if I could see anything back there while I was waiting for Jenna. And I, you know, I took a few steps and I, I heard some movement that's, you know, sounded like rocks coming. And I was like, oh, and then Nikki said, oh, I see something back there. And so I was like, duh, Jen, don't look at the aggressive male go to the other side. And so Nikki had been looking to the left where I had seen that there was Bigfoot evidence that we could collect. And so I go over there and I start looking and I'm like, come on, Jenna, come on, Jenna. She's like, yeah, yeah. Nikki, do you want to use my Netflix? And Because <laughs> Nikki didn't feel good and it was really hot that day. So she was going to stay in the car with the essential air on. I take care of people. I love my peeps. I love my peeps. <laughs> so, so we, you know, I'm like, come on, Jenna. And I start seeing something moving back there. And I'm like, Jenna, let's go. And I start walking towards it. And now I'm scared because I'm walking towards it, moving stuff. And I'm doing it by myself, which was not my plan. And (laughs) that was not my plan. And I'm like, come on, Jenna, come on. And and granted, everything was moving in slow motion to me. Like she was like, you know, and (laughs) she's never going to let me yell at her. I know, I know. In reality, it was just really, really speedy, and I just went, blah, 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 blah. I was right behind her, and she just thinks it was slow. So, <laughs> I'm hey, hey, Nathan, test, test, test. How does this sound lower? Is that better? Yeah, it does. Yeah, good. Okay, because I, I did it, I've adjusted it like just on the lap, but I went into the settings and tried it on the computer. So, I don't want to blast you guys out because it's really annoying when someone's voice is too loud, particularly mine. I right, so, so, so when we when we started. So she, she finally comes and this is funny because we were doing an interview on somebody else's show and I wish I could remember which show it was because we could go get a clip of it. But Jenna said, it's like Jen knew there was something there. She was walking straight to it. And I was like, didn't, that wasn't the whole point. I said, something's there within a hundred feet. There's something right there. And- okay. But, but you have to understand, I tell people, I believed in Jen at the time. I did not believe in remote viewing. I really didn't, you know? I didn't have the belief in it. And all of a sudden she's bringing me out 50 feet. We're finding something and I'm going, I was shocked. I'm sure, I'm sure Matt would tell you guys that there's a lot of researchers that have been out and not had a hit like on their first or even second outing. Right, Matt? So this is pretty extraordinary. I mean, there's people that that are considered experts that literally live their entire lives without ever finding a track. (laughs) <laughs> and we didn't know that we, we didn't know it was unusual for us to be finding something every time we went out we we were like oh yeah this is easy and <laughs> but your your goal what what he was asking though is about your goal your goal for the group is what just to to gain those answers to share what we found um and to feel comfortable with that this is our hobby we enjoy it we we you know it's exciting to us um, if we can interact and learn more about them, and that would be great. But if I'm telling you right now, if we found a Bigfoot village, I'm not going to tell you where it is. I didn't. Sus- I didn't suspect that you would. Actually, let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you of a neighbor of yours, who, <laughs> our friend, who needs you guys to come up there and check out his place. And 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 Deb and uh, Nathan know who this is, and that is former USAF pararescueman Scott Gearin who lives in northern Minnesota, 
and he sent us some tracks and he sent us a video that had a Bigfoot howl that I thought as a novice that doesn't know anything sounded very authentic. So take that with a grain of salt, but that would be really cool if you guys met up with Scott. He's very famous in the Air Force community because he had a basically someone fell through his parachute on a free fall and he hit the ground doing over 100 miles an hour and survived basically with a collapsed parachute. Um, and he was featured on Airman magazine and all that. They showed him like what he looked like and then what he looked like when his body was all swollen up from the from landing on the ground. But uh, he's uh, no worse for the wear, retired up in Minnesota and, and uh, lives near a state forest. His property of 40 acres backs up to state forest. So it's quite squatchy as he as he says so he needs you guys to come up there and take a look i think definitely let's set it up I will. after the show i've already messaged him just a little while ago that you guys are on and that you got i didn't realize these guys are minnesotans they got to meet up with scott and and take a look at the tracks and what he's what he said and i'll send you what he sent me as well so um what i want to ask you i want to go to tammy over here tammy is there of the investigations that you've done, can you tell me one thing that you feel like you've understood or connected with about Bigfoot and something that has occurred that you don't understand? One of each. Okay. Um, well, my best encounter with a Bigfoot was when we were in Tennessee on top of a mountain and we had remote viewed at dinner. Um, this area that, that Jenna and I had gone with one of our fellow investigators, Matthew Delph from Micro Investigations. Um, we had gone up there during the day and uh, we're out there with some people and we're like, we, we need to come back here at night because we saw, we saw a few things um, that were of interest. So we went to dinner and we remote viewed the area and Jen found a, an area that she thought that there was going to be a really good um, chance of us getting some evidence or having an interaction. So we went up there and when we were got up there, there's no lights, there's no electricity. It's on the top of a mountain. And she's like, she looks at the remote view and she's like, Hey, there's one 30 feet right over there. And so I got out of the car and I had Jenna's FLIR camera and I'm looking at, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, there it is. It's right there. And I'm sitting there and I'm trying to, trying to record my very first time using this FLIR camera, of course. <laughs> And so I'm going through it and I'm changing the settings. I'm not hitting the record. And I'm like, hey, come over here and you know, push record. And um, I was the first one out of the vehicle that time. And I was prepared. Jenna came over and she pressed the record button. But um, before, while I was waiting for them, he had his arm up and see all the hair hanging down he was just lounging there and i'm like oh my gosh no one's gonna believe this come on and so when i started recording you know we got 30 minutes of clear footage of bigfoot he did not run away we did not try to get closer um but we were not quiet at all he definitely knew that we were there and that we were recording he's just like oh man that place would be what doing yeah <laughs> But yeah, we got 13 minutes and we had it uh, restabilized. And I think it was like six or six on our website that shows that. Do you so mind if I jot first, down what fragrance you were wearing? Um, <laughs> I personally. 
<laughs> oh, Tammy. <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't know if I was wearing perfume or not. <laughs> oh, so, all right. So we can't blame anyway, it on your fragrance. Um, it was the aura. Um, what did, what have you not under, what have they done that's really surprised yeah. you that you've said, wow, I don't, I don't get that. She squatches.com baby. You know, I think that for, for me personally, um, I want to interact with them and I'm so happy that they let us. Cause I know that they normally, you know, usually people get a blob squatch. So I don't really understand why they allowed us to much others can't even get a flyby, you know, and I'm grateful and for them for that. Um, definitely. I think that, I think that they know who we are. I think they know people in general and they can tell who is good and who is not good, who has good intentions, but who doesn't, who doesn't have good intentions for them. And I think that they know that we don't have any interest in you know, getting them in trouble or harming them. And we just want to have answers to our questions. So, I mean, Nathan, I, I was going to say, I feel like Matt did a whole lot of hiking. He could have just gone out with Jen, Jen and Tammy, and he could have saved himself about four miles in the woods. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> GPS right to it. Uh, I'm down for hiking, though. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I had my first sighting in a parking lot. I forgot. Okay. There you go. Go ahead, Matt, because I forgot. Your first outing, you had a sighting also. Yeah, I mean, that ain't nothing. <laughs> I love Mr. Matt Knapp. He's so funny. Go ahead, Nathan. <laughs> well, I, wanna, I wanted to explore the remote viewing a little bit, too. Uh have you ever, when remote viewing a location or one of the beings, or have you ever sensed that they are aware of you in that process? Yes. I uh, have. I have. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And actually, sometimes they do this. <laughs> because I do remote viewing for other people. Hmm. And uh, it's kind of fun to pass the time, especially in the winter when we it's too cold to do that here. But um, <laughs> yes, it gets 40 below zero here. It does hmm. happen. Wow. Too cold. <laughs> uh, I can barely run out to the car in that amount of time. So <laughs> no, uh, I'm not doing it. So anyway, I, I do. We do remote viewing for other teams and stuff that we trust and that we know well. And there's one that I remote view for on the regular every time they go out they're like hey we're going out this is where we're going and it is states away from me so it's not like they give me any notice to get there because i couldn't get there that quick mm. <laughs> anyway uh and and there was uh you know i know that this team is is pretty you know they don't push up really hard uh but they had russell acord with them one night and i knew russell would be uh a little bit more aggressive in it. Like if I said they're over there, he would probably walk right to it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I told them where I was seeing them, except for the ones that went, Shh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and they were younger ones. They were like, like teen kids, hmm. a group of them. And they were, and they were away from everybody else a little bit. And so I didn't even send them in that direction. And I, I told the one guy, I said, there's something else, but I'll tell you tomorrow. And <laughs> when you guys are done, <laughs> wow. And so I told them the next day, you know, that there were a group of kids, teenage, younger ones, um, and then where they were at. And he said, we heard, 
we heard something over there that sounded like talk, like talking. Hmm. Um, and I was like, yeah, they were like, Shh, don't tell. So, wow. And is the energy uh, that you're getting, is it, is it, how, how familiar does it feel? Does it feel human in any way? What's the, what's the quality to it compared to maybe human energy? Maybe that's a better way to put it. Uh, when I'm seeing them, sometimes I'll see their facial expressions and it tells me what to expect. Hmm. Like if they look really mean, I'm like, Ooh, be careful. You know, if you know, don't push this, these, this group is aggressive. I wouldn't, if they start telling you to leave, giving you signs and back off, hmm. don't, don't push them. But then in the same location, sometimes I'll see different ones that are not so aggressive that, or they, maybe they're older. One even showed me he had no teeth. Hmm. And, <laughs> and, and so if I can see their face close up enough and, and see that I, I'm gaining more information. And so I, I'll tell them, you know, this is where they're at. Uh, you know, this is what you can expect from them, you know, um, maybe try this. Um, sometimes I'll even say, you know, they're approaching the water right here and send them the spot where they're going to the water at. Hmm. Um, or I'll, I'll also see like what I call the Bermuda triangle of the location. And I'll literally take a screenshot and draw a triangle on it. And like, this is your Bermuda triangle. The weird stuff is going to happen right there. And (laughs) so, um, but yeah, so I, I do get a sense and I, sometimes I know that they're, that they're sensing me too. Cause sometimes I see them wave or they point, uh, like we went that way or, you know, so. Wow. So what you see on the screen there, that's Tyler Howell. I'm going out, uh, to his research area next Saturday night. I think we're going to do it. Hello, Tyler. What's up, brother? And uh, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe <laughs> uh, Jen will re- remote view that area and tell us in Blackwater uh, State Forest uh, if, if, if they'll be like somewhere near the research area where he goes. So, uh, But anyway, what's up? So let me pass it over to Debs, study of UAPs. Yep. So we kind of touched on this a little bit, but um, you talked a little bit about the experiencer and how that kind of creates the interaction. Um, I was wondering if you think there's something deeper that causes or enables some people to have those experiences. Because all of you, you know, you have the gifts you're bringing to the table. But is there something in other people, especially considering how often an experiencer has a Bigfoot experience and then another non-human intelligence interacts with them? Well, I think that that has a lot to do with the brain and how I, I've been studying the brain since the 90s. And the, you know, the amount of the brain that are, are the human brain thinks at 400 billion bytes per second. That's not its potential. That's what it's actually doing. 400 billion bytes per second. But the average human is only consciously aware of, of 2000 bytes per second. So that's nothing. I tried to make a pie chart. It wouldn't even register as a single hair on a full pie chart because it's too small of a number. Uh, So that's how actually consciously aware we are of what we're seeing, what we're feeling, what we're sensing. Most people are completely unaware of most of it. So unless you're literally focusing on looking for something specific, you're probably not going to see it. You probably just walk right by it. They probably just lay right down and stay still and you walk right past them. Um, and, And that's just the way that it is. And, you know, what what I tell people being psychic is literally science. 
it's like looking through binoculars. That's your 2000 bits of awareness, right? You're just looking through those binoculars. That's what you see, but you can turn your head and focus on seeing something else. What else is here? Show me something more. And, and, and anybody can do that. It, it seems easier for some than others. Um, and I'm not going to lie. You know, it's always been easy for me. <laughs> it's just, I, I was born that way. I was weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, you found your tribe here, didn't you? In UFOs and Bigfoot and paranormal. You know, I like to tell uh, people that, like our friend Priscilla, the quantum witch, um, she says, and I, th- I told her about you guys and she says, yeah, I felt like I'm weird. Like I didn't belong. I was like, well, you found somewhere you belong now. That's for sure. And, and you all have, and boy, it's just a pleasure. You guys are gifted, uh, and able to do these things. It's, it's awesome. And it's, um, it's inspiring. So, um, is that all I you have... had Debs? Should I pass it to Matt or do you have something further? Well, I mean, I, I'm also interested in the comment on the webpage about female energy maybe amplifying because I'm female and I want to be different. Well, Lauren Coleman felt that uh, most of the time when people see Bigfoot um, by roadways or whatever, it's normally a younger male. And he's probably testing his boundaries of what he's supposed not supposed to be doing. He's not probably supposed to be there. And he felt these younger male Sasquatches would be more interested in some ladies to come a little closer. So that's what he thought that was all about. The hey, big boy type thing. And, <laughs> you know, uh, the girls the girls kind of have a theory about girl parts. Like if you have all your girl parts, Bigfoot's going to want you. <laughs> wow. Interesting. The uterus, the, uh, the whole works. And I don't know if that's true or not. I just... I think they hope that that's true. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I can't help but wonder if maybe it's just our pheromones are sending out a message and they can smell it better than we can. And who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Like well, full disclosure, Deb, you want the children too, though. Right? I just that's want that's to babysit. <laughs> and except for the butane tank thing has thrown me off a little. I don't have those around for them to play with. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it, can you guys, is if there is a female Bigfoot that you guys are, in, you know, that you guys know, she would want to have a date night, Deb is available, uh, she'd probably do like three hours of, of the babysitting for, you know, for not being strangled by one, so um, it would be good. Deb, you're the, you're, you're going to be the first one we call. Okay, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> owned. All right, Matt Knapp. <laughs> Uh, I'd kind of like to know what you've found or encountered in the woods that wasn't Bigfoot. Oh, well, we found lots of things. The bears? No, 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 no. Oh. (laughs) Cryptid-wise. Yeah, uh, in in the world of the unexplained paranormal and stuff. Because Bigfoot's obviously not the only thing out there. And if you bring these sort of gifts out there, uh, you're bound to run across other things that people may not know are lurking in the shadows with them. We did a, we went to that structure that Jenna had gone inside of. That was the first remote view where Jenna was taking her time, by the way, that was that structure <laughs> that we were walking towards. Yeah, I know, right? There was something out back there moving around in the beginning and, you know, she took her time. So it got away. But anyway, um, <laughs> Actually, there was, there was part of Shame. that that we, we call a tower. Um, it was the end of it, 
and it was like two, three stories tall, and it was trees that were teepeed together, and then um, there was foliage weaved together into like levels. But the the bottom part of it was completely dark inside. Like it was five and a half feet tall in there, and I couldn't see into it. Um, and when we were approaching the the bushes right outside of it were moving three, three separate times they moved. And so I knew something was in there <laughs> and I'm like, Ooh, trying to stay back, but still want to see, you know, <laughs> and uh, we get around to the side of it and we actually had moved the sticks because, and we didn't realize that until later when we looked at the video that the sticks were like poned in, put, poked into the ground in a crisscross fashion making like a fence and we're just ripping them out of the ground to walk around while I'm looking at this provocation well I'm looking my eyes are focused on this dark spot inside this structure right because I'm like something's in there and I don't want it to come out at me so I'm I'm looking at that while we're moving the sticks to get around to the other side of it and that's where the structure there was a structure built onto the back of that um that was the den-like structure and it was so cool because everything was weaved together uh, very tightly and I actually grabbed a hold of it and shook the crap out of it and it would not come apart <laughs> there's and a good video pretty... of that mm-hmm. you can see on uh, is that at your website or your YouTube uh it's on YouTube that... but I'm gonna tell you that the majority of our video never made it to YouTube because <laughs> look at Jenna look at Jenna me it's all my fault again <laughs> Okay, let me just tell you, it is so hot in summertime in Minnesota, and we have to dress like I, I had to dress like in I was wearing um, cuddle duds, and they were the thinnest kind of cuddle duds, and then over that I was wearing like other clothing. Well, it was so hot that day that I decided that I was just going to put on these sticky bras. So I was just like, popped them on, and put on my stuff, and bada bing, bada bing. Sticker for a bra. It's oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Sticky bra. So, yeah, a sticky bra is like two stickers. You just put them on each one, pull them up and sticks. Right. Works great. Love them. So anyway, we were out and we're finding things and I'm in the structure and I'm just like, I'm so hot. I tear off my my vest and my sticky bra pieces. And so I'm just in my in my um, cuddle duds and we have great <laughs> video. We have awesome video. And granted, Uh, You already know what's happening, don't you? Anyway, needless to say, we end up watching the video not too long after. And Jen's going, wow, look at that amazing structure. And I was going, you can see through my clothes. Everything (laughs) was showing. You could see the dimples. Oh, oh. And I said, no, Jen, I'm sorry. No. And so we we tried to have it fixed. And it's so bad. Oh, gosh. Oh. She's like, you can see my tots. You can you see, can see my tots. You could. You could. <laughs> everything. And she I, was like, I I wasn't even looking at that. And I was like, yeah, I know. I had to watch the <laughs> video so many times and try really hard just to look at Jenna. Because every time I watched the video, I was like, wow, that's so cool. And I just couldn't focus on her. And she's like, Jen, look at me. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. I'm going to tell you something. We've had groups of guests on here before. We've had duos and trios. Nathan, these have got to be the most adorable that we've ever had. Just the relationship, right? Absolutely. I mean, if I were a Sasquatch, I would be, you know, totally interested in hanging out with these people. I would want to hang out with you guys in in the woods, you know, wherever. So in the diner, I mean, it doesn't really matter. You just want to say the sticky bras, right? Yeah, you guys are just the relationship between you is just it's so collegial. It's it's just 
adorable. Oh, um, we are yes. best friends. Yes. These two I, girls were my best friends. They didn't know each other. <laughs> what's that? Huh? They, they did not know each other, but they were my best friends. Oh, really? And, and now they're, so now you're all three best friends. You we're guys all just... three. It's the perfect little triangle we've got here. Beautiful. And I got to tell you, as a psychic, as a gifted person, you're never going to feel as right with yourself as when you surround yourself with people like you. Yeah. When yeah, that's what we were just saying. And just yeah. say, hey, this is what's going on. And everybody else is like, yeah, for sure. It's so great. Well, you know. Like on this broadcast right here with this group, any one of us on the screen could share an experience and we're not going to be laughed at or felt made to feel like an idiot. Whereas if we go into our normal life outside of this type of setup, despite the fact that we're we're OK, we're UFO people that are getting into Bigfoot. You guys are Bigfoot people getting in back into getting into or back into paranormal and but we all share this thing that it's the like kind of Matt calls it the unexplained and, and we're bound together by that. So it's, it's, it's really beautiful. Um, what I was going to ask you um, for my question here is so in terms of viewing what they're doing, so you're taking a look and maybe it's during the daytime and you see a group, like you saw a group that looked a little bit malevolent that maybe you don't want to interact with that group. And then other times, obviously, you've seen groups that, okay, I would want to, to interact with these this group. Is there – what do you see them doing in these mean average times when they're not being – having humans get in their space or they're not hunting but they're kind of hanging around? Have you seen anything that, that just – you're kind of like just watching them and, and what are they doing? I have no idea what they're doing. Um, sometimes they're in a grouping. And mm -hmm. sometimes there's just one, mm -hmm. and then there's another one over there. But sometimes they're in a group, and it seems to me like the younger, uh, the younger Sasquatches kind of huddle to closer together, unless they're teenagers and they're probably out on their own. But, uh, but you know, they they seem to stick together, and may, you know, maybe the motherly figure is right there. But the the aggressive male, a lot of time, is off on his own. Yeah, we've also heard about when a male gets to a certain age, but there's already an alpha within that group that that male and th they've talked about that when there's a male with a group of females, that will be your very well coiffed alpha male Bigfoot. And, and you've heard people say, I saw this creature and his hair was looked like it was perfectly combed and he was clean. And then there's other ones where they said. They saw one that looked like he could be an alpha and he was by himself and he just looked like hell, you know, and just was smelly and his hair was all knotted. So that could be one of those things where they're told, OK, you're you're ready to go and find your own group now at this point, because I'm still young enough that this is my group. And that'd be interesting, like right, right Matt, is to figure out what those dynamics are when that turn takes place and how that's decided. Right. Yeah, um, it's one of the great mysteries of this thing. Uh, a lot of people, it just kind of depends on your belief structure that you have, on which direction you go with your own theories and opinions and everything. But in my own outings and research and everything, uh, what I found was they definitely live in family-type groups, just like we do. And then those family-type groups live together in a small community 
and uh, the community is never real large in an area. They don't just, they never overpopulate an area where they're going to decimate all their resources or risk getting found or whatever. Now, the question is, like uh, earlier you mentioned, you saw one that didn't have any teeth. Obviously, if you live out in the woods, that's not a good thing. Uh, so do they take care of the elders in the group? Uh, do they cast them out so they don't risk, you know, any danger that they bring to the group? Uh, I've always been curious about that. Uh, do you have any insight on that sort of thing? So when I've seen the older ones, the ones that are what I consider elderly, um, there's usually not very many of them. And they're together usually, and, and sometimes they'll have the younger ones on the other side of them from where the people would approach. So they're kind of like watching the kids. Um, but they're, I've never seen any of the elderly ones seem aggressive um, when, I, when I've noticed that they're elderly. So there's one particular spot that I look at quite frequently for this other team. And it's quite common for me to see the older ones there. And they're, they're usually watching over the younger group while the other ones are off doing whatever they're doing. Um, I've, I've noticed, well, and so there's things that they could eat without teeth. You know, cattails are probably a high food source for them. Every part also, of the, 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 the raw oysters, Jen, the oyster shooters, you know, you can just, you go to the raw bar. I mean, you don't need teeth for that. Right, sure. So <laughs> that's why, get, you know, donate some oysters to your local Bigfoot where there's an elderly geriatric Bigfoot. What's that? You love raw oysters? oysters? Yes, they're delicious. I know. I mean, but now, you know, next time when, you, when you're when you doing gifting, you guys should think about that. Bring the cooler of some oysters. You know, there's, you know, Jen has seen an elderly Bigfoot out there. <laughs> yeah, ice, maybe a little cocktail sauce, squeeze a little lemon on there, maybe. There's nothing wrong with that. So, all right, let's get our last round, uh, money. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, well, we've talked <laughs> with uh, we we talked with Matt about, uh, and we, Matt, you kind of touched on it too about theories, you know, as to what they are, and uh, you know, there, I'm sure there's more than a couple of theories, just like with UFOs. Uh, you know, what, what's your leading theory as to are they are they uh, like a, a primate relative to humans? Are they uh, some other kind of being that um, borders between here and somewhere else, uh, you know, kind of the paranormal realm. What, what's your operating theory here? Tammy, <laughs> Tammy, Tammy likes to lead this question. I, I'd like to lead the discussion because I have to do a disclaimer. My views are my own. I do not speak for the group. And it's just my opinion based on how I feel and my experiences. I believe that they are interdimensional beings. I believe that uh, they exist in other realms and that they can come through to our realm and whichever realm that they go into, that is the form that they take. Like we are a 3D realm, so they would be physical when they're here. If they're in a, a fourth realm, they are not physical here. But I believe that that is how they interact and I believe that's how they escape so easily from us because I think that they can just step through to the other dimensions. And um, I don't remember who did the study, but I think that it was a, there's a theory that is out there that says that they have to concentrate in order to manifest in our realm. And when we catch them and we find them and they get shocked and they stop concentrating and so they disappear from us. 
And I, I really resonate with that. So that is my theory on that. Jen. And, and, and so we all have our own ideas of what Bigfoot is and what Bigfoot is, can do. Um, I'm open to whatever the answers are. Um, I, I am, I'm open-minded to whatever the answers are. Um, I have experienced some things where they just disappear and like the footprints don't go anywhere where you should be able to see them. I got a top of a gravel pit hill, like the footprints went up, then they disappeared where these perfect circles were at, uh, you know, and they didn't descend the hill and you can see footprints really, really easy in a gravel pit. Just saying, you can't hide that. Um, so, I mean, we've, you know, the elders from my tribe tell me that Bigfoot can travel instantaneously physical travel through the ground from one place to the other. And I was like, okay, so like, are you talking about running really fast through a tunnel to get somewhere else? They're like, no, <laughs> I'm like, so you're talking about like a portal, like they just zap through the ground from one place to another. And they're like, yeah. Um, and so uh, I, you know, finding footprints that lead somewhere that they disappear at these circles, perfect circles at the top of this hill circles within circles within circles i mean it was crazy um but then you know jenna climbed that hill and i'm at the bottom yelling what's up there jenna where do the footprints go (laughs) (laughs) and she's like circles (laughs) yes i took pictures and sent them down to jen Mm -hmm. you should Mm -hmm. watch jen you should watch our episode with the navajo rangers if you saw them on uh unsolved mysteries jonathan dover and stan milbrook from the Navajo reservation in uh, Arizona, uh, they told us, you know, basically they tracked them to open fields where the footprints just stopped. And they say that, you know, as, as uh, rangers, they're experts at tracking and they don't understand what happened to them after the footprints just end. And they're, they're not the only guest that's told us that, by the way. So, so anyway, um, did you want to weigh in on that as well, uh, Jenna? Sure. Nathan? Actually, um, I, and, and this is a crazy part before this year, before 2022, I would have said they are flesh and blood. They, you know, this is my belief. They're flesh and blood. They're only able to do so much. Um, like we, as humans can do, we have abilities. I'm sure without all the clutter of daily life that we have, I'm sure they can do a lot more. Um, But this year I actually changed my mind and I'm not really quite ready to talk about the whole situation yet, but um, as far as three dimensional, I am now, I am now under the belief that they do move three dimensional. Interdimensional. Interdimensional. Three dimensional. (laughs) Sorry. I'm still thinking about it. I can't believe I'm talking about this on the radio. That's fantastic. Yeah. And, um, you know, that that's good because if you look at the people, you look at all of CAB, and by the way, on CAB tonight, um, Leah Prime is not here. She really wanted to be here. She had a meet with a client this evening, and we have a new cabbie, Frank, who's in the UK. So if we ever, if we get together with you guys again and we do a weekend, we'll be able to get our UK guy on as well so that he can he can learn about this this topic. But I think all of us have, we've started in one position I can remember very early positions Nathan and I talked about when we started cab and, and we've, you know, we've evolved, you know, like if you just take a position, say, okay, I'm not moving off of this, despite what I see or know or experience, then, 
you know, what are you really doing? <laughs> you know, you guys are, are, are learning and, and exploring and evolving as, as, uh, as analysts and thinkers in this, in this, uh, this genre of, uh, or this phenomenon. So I think that's, that's awesome. I, you know, Deb, you know, she thought I was a meathead when she came to cabin. I don't think her opinions really changed. I hasn't have really evolved never from thought that. that. Never I'm just kidding, that. Deb. Love you. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> last questions uh, for Debs and Matt. Yeah. So I'm going to throw another just completely out there question. Um, and Tammy, you might appreciate this one. But I think a lot about the plants that are out there in the world, um, kind of just interacting with us in a way that's really subtle that people with gifts can kind of pick up. People who like nature go out and touch them and I'm wondering if that might be a contributing factor for some of the woo part of the phenomenon. Like, is there something that we're missing there? Because the, I don't think the Bigfoot is just in the forest because it's a good place to hide. I think there's something else. So I just wanted to know if you guys think there's something to do with the plants. I think everything has to do with each other all of us, the, the plants, the humans, the animals, I think we're, we're all energy. We all combine. We all have everything to do with each other. Personal opinion. And there's, there's other researchers that have said that they've seen uh, Bigfoot's munching on leaves that had medicinal properties. So I, I'm sure they feel a oneness. I mean, hell, I go out in the woods. I want to physically touch the tree the way my hands feel when I touch them is just, I just love to touch them, you know, all and different kinds of bark and, and, um, there's something magical about it. I can't explain it. Uh, Matt, what you have, my friend. Well, even, even animals will eat plants if they don't feel good. You know, they, they will know which ones will make them feel better. So I definitely believe they use it for medicinal purposes as well. Um, so many questions. I have to pick one. <laughs> I love Matt Nappy. So uh, let's just go with this one. You you said, Jen, earlier that uh, you have worked on missing persons cases, and there is a predominant person in the cryptid world uh, who specializes in missing person cases. And a lot of people oftentimes tie in those missing person cases directly to Bigfoot as being the responsible party. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's a possibility? I don't know. I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about that. Um, there's so many other things that could have happened to those people. But I, I do know what you're talking about, who you're talking about. In the weird cases where people are disappearing, they've searched the whole area, they're definitely not there, and then they show up there, dead or alive. I mean, in a place that they've already searched, that is weird. Like, what happened there? Um, could it be that they were taken into a different dimension and then dropped back off in a place, you know, that they were just in a different I mean you hear I mean you think about the stories about the fairies the fae and the fairy rings don't step into a fairy ring they could take you and never bring you back and you hear the stories from way back about people who who disappeared and they come back like decades later having not aged 
And, you know, what was that about? Was that a real thing? I mean, you hear enough stories of that worldwide where you start to think, you know, there might be some truth to that. And perhaps that's what's happening here. Um, There was a situation where my very first time out where we had that encounter, we went back the next day because I was being a bully and I said, we have to go back and look for footprints. It's daytime now. Don't be afraid. And they didn't want to go. And I'm like, we can't be Bigfoot researchers and not go and look for the footprints. You just can't. You, you have to. Um, we're only five minutes away from there. We have to. Um, and so I bullied them. It was my car and someone else's car. And the other person had driven the majority of everybody else that was there because I came from a different direction, like ours in the other direction. And so everybody else was in that other person's car. So they were, you know, at that person's whatever they decided to do that's what they had to do and so we get out there and she has flip-flops on and I said you need to put some shoes on you're going to get poison ivy oh she's not going to do that and she stayed on the road did a Facebook live and then she's like we're leaving (laughs) (laughs) and I was just like no we're out man just right there and uh it's just right there come on And, and I had made a rule the rule was nobody goes in the woods alone that was my rule. And then they all drove away and I got in my car and I started to creep away. And I'm like, this is dumb. <laughs> this is so dumb. It's right there. I'm going to go. And so I park my car and get out and I start walking towards the sound of the first sound of something walking towards us that night. And I started to see what looked like a golden path. And there was an X structure that was there. And this golden light just went right underneath that and went beyond that. And I just felt compelled to walk that. And I, and I was totally not in control of myself at the time. Um, and I realized afterwards that I, in the middle of it, that I was in a trance-like state. And I was being called to walk this way. And um, it, as I'm walking there, I heard a memory, like a, one of my friends yelling at me not to step into a fairy ring. They could take you and never bring you back. She used to yell that at me all, all the time. And I'm like, whatever. And <laughs> um, and so I, I had that memory, but it yelled in my ear, this memory. And I stopped. And I then I realized what, I was hearing someone calling to me to come that way. And I'm like, who's calling to me? What is happening here? And I got scared. So I ran back to the car. And then I'm in the car and I feel pretty safe. And so then I pull up to the spot where I can see that path and I can still see it clear as day. And I was like, well, I'm feeling pretty safe right now. So I unroll the window down and I start taking pictures. And three of those pictures showed the trees were circle within circle within circle within circle. Oh, wow. That's the and range. I was in that golden path walked right into that. Wow. After dude. The X. I would like to follow up with Jenna. Did you get poison ivy? <laughs> no actually we yeah tammy and i weren't there oh well otherwise, i just figured otherwise she would not have been alone we would yeah. have been out there yeah. those girls could have left we wouldn't have cared i just figured and we would not have been scared probably... we would have we would have not have cared or been scared and see here's the thing i would have gladly walked through that if i had somebody with me because at least if i got stranded somewhere i wouldn't be alone <laughs> you know i Give would be walk into it totally if I had somebody with me, Jenna, um, given your I abilities, you know I would. To, to find the missing, can you find my missing sense of humor, Nathan? Give me that. <laughs> Got it here somewhere. Uh... Thank you. 
<laughs> I love it. We haven't used that. I don't know the last time if we ever used that one. Man, I'll tell you what, man. You guys are so much fun. I'm sure the woods just loves you when you come out there. The woods is just like wanting to welcome you there along with Bigfoot. Uh, and obviously the fairy wanted to take Jen for a ride somewhere. Uh, hopefully she was going to come back. Well, and I, are they are they fairies or are they nature spirits? That's the thing. Like my, my mm. tribe says that Bigfoot is in the same category as the little people. They're the same type of thing. Hmm. Um, they're just neighbors that. in the woods. Deb, you you were talking about that, weren't you, Deb? Yeah, I, I think it's interesting how they keep coming out together in the woods. They're grouping up. They're hanging out with each other. And, like, they help each other or something. It's kind of... I'd like to know more about that, too. I think that's fascinating. And it's also an international story or legend or Phenomenon. history. Who knows which one it is? I think it's history, right? So, yeah. And there's actual evidence of little people having existed. You know, they found fossil evidence of that, too. So, that's special. This, man, it, this is uh, what's so much fun about this topic. There's just so many directions to go uh, and so many mysteries to unfold that I think we'll be busy for uh, the balance of our lifetime with it, which is, is just fine with me. Um, let's go with Cabby Goodbye, starting with Matt. You ladies are awesome. Thank you for joining us and uh, sharing all your stories with us. Uh, sharing your gifts in a field of study that uh, is very closed-minded whenever it comes to those sort of things. You, you ladies have a tremendous amount of courage and bravery to put yourselves out there like that, and I, and I truly respect and appreciate you. Thank you very much. Thank you. That was really nice. Debs? I don't know where to begin. Like you are doing excellent work. You're fantastic people and you're really honest and open about your gifts, which is going to help other people be honest and open and you're moving the topic forward. So I'm extremely grateful for that. And I'm grateful for you coming and talking to us today. So thank you so much. Wow. Thank you for having us. Next. No, no I'm uh, kidding. No, I, I am. I will go next. Uh, the co-conspirator. It, <laughs> it is great to have you guys on. Uh, it's fascinating to hear your uh, sort of on-ramp to this topic. It's unlike others that we've run into, and it, that uniqueness is really special, right? It's uh, It gives the whole thing a, a different angle. And, you know, as someone who believes there's a lot of unknown out there, it's exciting to see those who've got the courage to sort of chase after that and follow the answers wherever they may go. And, and we have many questions, right? We'll continue to have many questions. So uh, we're cheering you on as you continue in your, in your endeavor and uh, look forward to hearing from you and what you'll discover. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Let's do this. Let's collaborate. Let's all collaborate, share the information and rock on, man. Absolutely. You know, that was I, for you. I, I knew that, uh, <laughs> when I saw that you girls were speaking at conferences, I meant, man, there's like groups of little girls there holding their parents' hand and they're going, wow, I can go out and do this. Me and my friends can go do this. I don't have to have a guy lead me into the woods and tell me what to do and, you know, how to do it. Uh, and that we can just go and do it ourselves. And I think that's very empowering. And I love that. And as soon as I saw you guys, I, I, I knew I wanted to have you on. 
and it was right after um, it was days before we had on um, TJ Allert, who is the executive producer of the Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch. If you guys have seen that on on history, we've had him on a couple of times. He's a real down home folksy guy from Buffalo, lives in Buffalo, a Hollywood executive producer. Right. And so I told him um, on private chat, I said, man, you know, if you're looking to do a show, if it were me, I'd be looking to these three girls in Minnesota uh, that, you know, uh, that are doing Bigfoot research, you know, because I think people would find you guys interesting, and compelling. So um, so who knows? You know, he's just he he is not read in on this topic, I think. And I this is getting long winded. So forgive me because this was to be my cabbie goodbye. But when I ask Matt about why on Finding Bigfoot they really didn't have success on in, in being able to show, a, you know, a legitimate sound or, 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 or sighting of any sort, even with the great thermals that they had. And he said, well, when you have a whole production crew out there with lights and cameras and everything else, obviously Bigfoot is not going to respond to that, is not going to want to come and, and get close to that. The, you know, any Bigfoot, male, female, even probably the young ones would be scared. Um, so TJ looking at that says, well, they never found Bigfoot, but I don't think that tells the whole story. So hopefully I'll have another conversation with him again and, and, uh, and bring you guys up. So, um, thank you. I know you guys would be so much fun and you were, and, uh, we're honored that you would, uh, imbue cab with a little bit more Bigfootness. So thank you so much. Yeah. Um, so for, uh, for, Nathan, for, for Debs, yes, ma'am. It's our pleasure for uh, Nathan, for Debs, for Matt and for Tammy, Jenna and Jen. This is DJ from Calling All Beings saying peace out. One love. We'll see you down the road. And we're always wondering what's up around the bend.